Casting with Carrie Jones. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's episode planned to be something a lot different because I've arranged on three times now to fish on Rutland Water the last month or so with David Hoppy. And the idea was is to do something which I'd never done before as to fish for Xander. But as it happened, the three trips we'd booked, it was called off because the weather's been bad. So unfortunately, no Xander for me this year and and from last Monday, Xander fishing isn't allowed on Rutland Water. So, we'll have to wait till next year. So this week I thought I'd share with you my experiences and my favourite patterns, my favourite wet fly patterns rather, from lakes and reservoir fishing. Now there are many ways of catching rounds and rainbows, like dries, nymphs, buzzers, lures, fish the bangs, sight bobs, boobies... Whatever, you know, there's so many different ways and methods of catching fish these days. There's more enjoyment in the way you catch fish. And personally, unless you fish in a competition, obviously where numbers is important, I think when pleasure fishing is concerned, the way you catch the fish is far more pleasurable. I personally would rather catch six fish pulling traditional wets in a nice wave than fishing sinking lines or bangs or boobies and you know, it's it's far more enjoyable for myself. So for this week's episode, I thought I'd run through a couple of the patterns and methods which I use when fishing traditional, old-school wets. Whereas most of these patterns were sort of made for brown trout fishing, really, and that's predominantly what I do these days, these patterns work equally well and have been for rainbows on reservoirs and lakes. There's lots of patterns out there, and everyone got their own favourites. But for me... I'll run through basically a dozen or so patterns which I find has brought me great success for early season. There are other patterns I've got them from the summer on, but this is predominantly from early season up to April, you can see. And I'll categorise them in three different positions where they will be on the cast. So you've got your bob fly, you've got your middle dropper, and you've got your point flies. Now over the years, I used to always fish four flies. So, you know, you, you can add the two in the middle, but predominantly, these are the areas I'm looking at. The bobflies, middle and point. And these are the ones which I find have brought me much success. And a lot of them are very simple patterns. You know, especially early season. You don't need to be too complicated with the tie-ins. Because Welsh waters, specifically, there ain't a great deal of fly life around the lakes. Apart from maybe from March, April, you do get the buzzers. But usually... In effect, really, you're fishing these wets, and they're almost like streamers or lure fishing, really, because you're not really imitating anything, although you're trying to give a sense of suggestion that is food for them. So my top flies for the top dropper, but probably number one would be the Bibio. Now, it's a firm favourite with many anglers. They say it's originated in Ireland, but I don't really know about that, because it's, it's a general all-round black palmer with a red middle, Initially, it was tied to imitate the red legs and the hawthorn, which is run about May time. But for wild brown trout fishing, it's probably one of the main 
go-to flies for most anglers. And I always tie them. All my wet flies are tied on Camasan B175s. I feel like they, they sit right in the water, there's a weight to them, and it, it's just my preference. So when it comes to the tying of the Bibio, it's the it's a standard one. And throughout these patterns, I'll be telling you, are various um, additions and, and variants. But some patterns you don't really want to mess with, because they're so good. What, what's the saying? They say, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. And the Bibio is definitely one of these. But after saying that, one thing which I do, I will add a few legs on it. It just gives that little bit more a fish catching appeal, you know. And uh, so I'll tie maybe three or four legs onto the bibio as well. So always we're tying a couple more onto the fly usually because one or two will be lost during the season when you're catching fish. Anyway, I would fish them as a, again on a size 12. Most of my patterns are size 12. And in some circumstances, in a big wave, I would go on a 10. Standard pattern, black seals fur and red seals fur with a silver rib, the red seals fur being in the middle. Many people I've, I've known to tie them with cock hackles, and that's something I don't like in any of my wets. I just want hen hackles throughout them all. They just don't look right, the cock hackles, even if you want them to wake. I think most of my patterns, when they palmed, I would actually put an extra hen hackle in the front if you want to make it that little bit more bushier. But I much prefer the softness in the in the wake when you're bringing it through to the surface. So that would be one of my number one go-to flies from a top dropper. The next pattern is the Zulu. Now this is similar to the Bibio, but what I find is it's nice to use the tail being glow bright, really bright, bright, piercing red tail. Black and red is, again, the go-to, probably combination, the most successful combination you can get. Um, So, on the tie-in, to make it bushier and thicker, again, I'll just use the Palmer hackle, going all the way down, hen. Um, for the body to make it a little bit thicker, some people use seal sir, again, or floss, but I like ostrich because it bulks up the body without making it too bushy. So, again, I would tie that on a size 12 in the main. And again, if I want to fish it as a bob fly as such, to make the wake, I would put an extra hackle in the front as well. But more often than not, I prefer to put the one hackle throughout the body and not an extra one on the front. And that's because I think sparser flies for myself will catch far more fish than thicker, overdressed flies, you can see. The more bushier flies. Um, and the fish take them far more confidence. One of the reasons, I think, is when you're pulling the flies in, whether or not you're on the bank or you're on a boat, if it's too high in the water, the fish will splash at it, then they won't take it. So, by having the, the fly sparsely tied, it sits that much better in the film, and especially the case, if it's a sunny day and you're fishing and the wind's behind you and the sun is also behind you, whether or not a boat or bank, when you're bobbing that fly up, the trout more often than not is blinded by the sun and don't take the fly right when it's sitting high on the surface. So when you're bobbing, just have it just in the film and you will get far more fish. 
Well, I find sometimes then as well, when you're fishing the Zulu, you might get half-hearted takes, or you could get they really nail it, because they either love that piercing bright red, or they're unsure. If you find you're missing fish with the Zulu, what I tend to do then is to put the Bibio on, because the Bibio is far less bright, even though you've got the red seals for this red, but it's not that piercing colour, it's more of a softer colour, and they will take that more confident. That's something if I'm getting takes or missing fish, I will then put the, the Bibio on, because maybe the Zulu is too much for them. Um, as regards a variant to it, sometime, sometimes I've tied the Zulu, instead of with ostrich, with just silver or pearl body, and that has proven really productive. And I've always said it, if it's a, a dull day, silver works best. If it's a sunny day, then gold works best. And it looks the part as well, you know, that soft black hackle and that red tail. Definitely worth trying. Now the other fly for Top Dropper, again, usually when it's on the when I'm fishing the bank, for some reason I don't get the same success when I'm fishing the boat. That is the High Gwint. A Welsh fly, and predominantly it's got a dark colour, black ostrich body, and a black crow wing. There's a few variants of it. But what stands out with this fly is the pheasant neck feather for the front hackle. When you see the fly in a box, it just cries out fish-catching potential, you know. And uh, it's because the hackle itself then is barred, and it looks very instantly, almost spidery to a certain extent. And because of the wing, it, it can, even though early season I lose it, it's got that general all-round um, insect pattern, almost a sedge-like as well when you've got the wing. And the hyaluguint is a Welsh pattern, and hyaluguint translates sun and wind. So this is usually, I think, the or, the origin. It was used for when it was sunny and windy, but I found it good in many different conditions. So I guess those are the three go-to patterns for myself. You've got the Bibio, the Zulu, and Hyaluguint. Early season, you won't go far wrong with those patterns. When it comes to middle dropper flies, probably my early season go-to pattern has to be the Black Pinnell. Simple, sparse pattern again, just one or two turns of black hen on the front. And again, on a size 12. But when there's, yeah, there's a general attractor pattern, as you can see, it's a great fly when there's actual buzzers coming off. So come March and April, it has to be on the middle dropper, the black panel for me, every time. It was devised, apparently, in the 19th century by Colmondelli Panel. Now, oh, I don't know if I pronounced that right but um, devised mainly to fish the remote waters in the highlands of Scotland. I fished mainly as a bobfly then, tied mainly for early season when fishing with the midges and buzzers are hatching. So it's definitely stood the test of time. The variant of it I fish now is exactly the same as the original pattern, but again with a, a couple of legs. So it's almost like a sparse hopper then. My next fly is the most simplest of them all, and that's the wingless Wickham's. Not necessarily thought of much by a lot of anglers as a, a lock-style pattern. But just the standard gold body and a furnace hackle or a, just a, a, a natural red hackle, down palmer down the body, simple. You can't get any more simpler than that. I say a wingless Wickham's. It's actually how I come about it was 
I used to walk up to the local lake, which is um, it was called Llinvawr when I was a boy, and it would be like a six-mile walk there, six-mile walk back, up in the mountains. And um, there was a, a chap, his name was Tommy Hayward, and uh, he used to walk as well from Treherbert up over the top over to the lake. And very often we'd walk up together. And uh, he was proper old school, real character, you know. And his fly box was actually a Golden Virginia tin. And as soon as he'd opened this tin, with these flies which he'd, uh, which he'd tied, and uh, he'd only tie flies with materials he could get hold of. You know, th- this particular fly was one of them, where he'd obviously had chicken feathers, and natural red, and uh, you know, doubt he'd got gold tinsel from somewhere. He used to catch so many fish on this fly, and that's the sort that, that's where he came from. You know, I used to fish it regular then, catch fish on this local lake, Linvaur, and then I would use it then on the cast wherever I went, and it was still catching fish. So even though I call it a wingless Wickham's, um, in my head it was Tommy's fly, Tommy Hayward. But I have done so well in pleasure fishing and competitions throughout the years with it in the middle. Always on a sunny day. you got to, I keep saying it all the time, on a sunny day, you got to have a fly with a bit of gold in it. And something simple, you don't have to have anything complicated. Because you're not imitating anything, any hatch as such. You're just trying to attract the fish to take your flies in early season. And a little bit of gold, and with a, with a touch of insecty appeal to it but just having the palm up to it does the business and there comes a time when when a fish takes your middle dropper when you're regularly catching the fish on your middle dropper you know that that fly has something they really want because they've already passed one to come for your fly you've come they've come past the point fly they can see your top dropper so if they come for the middle dropper that means there's something they specifically want and on those sunny days this will pull fish it's a very standard fly, as I said. There's very little difference I will change in it because it is what it is. That's for early season. But as the season gets on, from the summer, from, I would say, June, July on, particularly the end of the season, I've had great success with the pink tail wickums. But again, back end of the season, preferably. So that's my second choice for the middle dropper. Now, the third one is, without doubt, probably a favourite with many people as well. And that's the Silver and Victor. Not a lot more to say about that with the Silver and Victor. The standard pattern, although equally as good, is the Pearly and Victor. Exactly the same as the Silver body, you're the Pearl Lurex body. It's predominantly probably known for summer fishing because it's got that sedgy appeal to it, but you won't go far wrong. It's a general middle of the dropper with a little bit of colour in it. It spices up your cast because some of the flies early season are dark. This is a nice pattern to put on. A very successful one too. Um, and sometimes I'll fish it without the palmer and the hackle, which is more like, you could say, almost like a Haslam then. Um, but again, size 12, my first choice for a middle dropper on a dull overcast day. So there you go, my three probably top middle droppers. Be the Black Pinnell, Wingless Wickham's and the Silver Invicta. Feel free to visit my online shop on my website, where you will find a selection of my most popular Irish sign prints, plus a choice of ghillie kettles and cooking accessories, 
or if you would like to experience one of my guiding and instruction packages, feel free to message me. Or again, take a look at my tuition and guiding page at castingwithkerryjones.com. Now on to my preferred traditional point flies. I prefer to have them on doubles. Again, a size 10 or a size 12. Not only does the cast sit better then when you've got the double on the point, it fishes better as well. You've got that weight and the turnover is better in your cast. So my preferred patterns for the point are Malin and Claret, Connemara Black, and actually a Butcher, which is a fly which people overlook for years and years. Now, the Connemara Black, again, it is what it is. Um, a good on-road general pattern. It's dark and it just catches lots of fish. So a nice little double on the point is a brilliant fly. And then you have to have claret on the cast. <laughs> With any water, any brown trout water. And rainbows, to be honest, early season, especially. Claret, as it has to be. And the best claret fly out there is Malin and Claret. Same when your fish and dries. Probably one of my best dry flies is a claret hopper. So the Malin Claret is a great fly. And I didn't change them at all. Again, they're the same standard patterns. Now the Silver Butcher on the point is something else. Honest day, there's nothing to beat it. And they hit it so hard. A little wee double on the point. Silver Butcher. Or even that there's a similar pattern as well which I've used. And it's called the Haslam. Basically it's the same as a Silver Invicta without the hackle. There are a few tweaks different, but um, the Haslam is another good fly on the point. But, but more often than not, a butcher or a herring butcher even on the point, they take it hard. Whether not they think it's fry, possibly, because you're pulling those flies. When you're fishing west, more often than not, you're pulling them. So they really nail the point fly more often than not. Another fly which I've started to use the last couple of years, which I've almost forgot about as well, is the Alexandra. Another good general all-round pattern and that peacock sword feather it's got that fish catchy appeal isn't it the key to it all is I like to have the double on the point so there you go my choice of point flies Malin and Claret Connemara Black and the Butcher now there are many many other patterns I could go on about lots of others but I'm limiting it to say a dozen so patterns which are my go to flies so anyone wanting to get into this wet fly fishing I hope this have helped in your fly selection and where it needs to be on the cast and your choice to use it the conditions one thing I've noticed over the years even though I enjoy my wet fly fishing more often than not you do get the smaller fish you don't get too many big fish on pulling wets you do normally get more but usually the smaller fish will come to your wets the bigger fish tend to um, they, they will take either static or fish slow it's all about the enjoyment Nothing more enjoyable than casting, short lining, and then you get that thud on the first two poles or so. And that's the thing when you're fishing wets, I found. You either get a fish to take on the first pull or two, or at the end when you start to bob. It really is a, a nice way to fish. And don't get me wrong, I use modern methods, but you can't beat the old traditional style. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get two extra podcasts each month. That's one every week, plus bonus content, photography, and other exclusive content, plus access to over 60-plus 
episodes. You can join my Patreon channel by visiting patreon.com forward slash Castin McKelly Jones or see the links on my website castingwithkellyjones.com or see my posts on Facebook and Instagram. Well, that's all for now. Tight lines and don't strike too soon. <laughs>